What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Debrief Table podcast. Back with another episode. Holidays are over. I'm your host, Ryan, along with Coho Keith, and we're back. Uh, I know it's been a month or so, uh, a little over a month, yeah. that we recorded with our brother Guff. That was a wild episode. Uh, it was a good way to start off our new podcast. And since then, with the tragic events that happened in Western Kentucky, I believe it was a week or two after, the po- I want to say it was a week after the podcast, and Guff reached out. Uh, he had some questions uh, about who he can get in contact with as far as some of the relief effort teams, firefighters, uh, rescue guys going over to Western Kentucky. And he went down there with a bunch of equipment. And now you know, you've seen his truck. Uh, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, he has a complete rigged out overland style Tacoma. Uh, basically, he could pop up a tent anywhere in a matter of seconds. And yeah, because he'd call to get supplies to fill it up. <clears throat> well, he said he had stuff to cover, like, you know, water, food. Uh, chainsaws, anything yeah. to help out, and he just wanted to tag along with any anybody. Um, but he did make it down there. Uh, from the last time I, I, I talked to him, uh, he headed down there, and he was going to be down there for two or three nights. And um, he put in the effort. I, the thing about Guff, man, like the reason why he is so perfect for what he does in his nonprofit is all he cares about is being of help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's what I know him for. I've always seen that. Um, and he does a damn good job. Uh, today's episode is going to be different. We don't have a guest today. We're not always going to have a guest. Um, and it'll be upon Keith and I um, to talk about whatever we feel like talking about for the day. But this episode is going to be a little different. This last weekend uh, was my final drill weekend with the reserves. Finished up my contract. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Exciting. It's, uh, I got to say, my reserve time, and I know I've talked to you about this um, well before ever doing this podcast, and I may have mentioned it in the last episode, like my active duty service time, I didn't, I didn't feel like I did anything. I didn't feel like I did anything more than the person next to me. And with the reserves... Not that I did anything more than anybody, but I found fulfillment in something I did while I was in the reserves. And I deployed, uh, technically I deployed. Obviously, 2020 up in New York on the Comfort, the hospital ship that made its way up there. Won't talk about that too much right now. Um, I think that is something for in the future. I would like to get one of my buddies to come on the the show. Absolutely. Uh, That way it would be easier to kind of talk and conversate about some of the things we did. But that alone... Like that was my fulfillment and everybody, you know, there's, there's people that had strong opinions about what we did up there. People that have never served in the military, which makes me laugh, but never have I wasted my time to ever have to feel like I needed to explain anything to them. And that's why I hope in the future, one of my buddies will make it down here, up here, wherever they're coming from. And we can talk about what it is that we did up there. But this episode is going to be, we're going to, talk a little bit about accountability and ownership and I hope for the listeners uh with what I say isn't I hope you guys listen to what what I'm what I'm trying to say 
And this is going to be surely 100% opinionated. Everyone's going to have their own opinion, their feelings uh, on it. I hope you just hear the message that I'm trying to put out there, that we're trying to put out there. I I I don't want to get too much into it because there's a lot that goes into it personally. But I I did have a little bit of a medical issue last year that I needed to get some tests done, and it was a cardiac issue. Uh, Nothing serious, uh, but enough to just kind of keep an eye on it. I got a meet with my cardiologist just trying to follow up on things and, and, and whatnot. Well, last year, as everyone knows, you know, the whole vaccination mandate was coming around, um, especially for the military. The vaccination within the military, uh, specifically the Navy, I don't want to talk on behalf of the Army and the Marines, and I'm pretty sure it's all the same across the board, but what I know for the Navy is that we had a deadline of December 29th. So I, I just, I, you know, they had talks, they had instructions of how you can either delay or get out of getting the vaccination. There's instructions and I followed them and went to my provider and we talked about things and talked about what would be the best course of action right now. And, you know, he said he was concerned. He wanted me to get vaccinated and and whatnot. And um, he was talking about how COVID could cause a cardiac issue that I had happen. And I explained to him, I was like, well, in that case, like I've already had COVID and that's probably where it stemmed from. And then the provider said, hey, well, you know what? Uh, as a matter of fact, the vaccination is also shown to cause the same issue. So where we're standing right now is kind of on a little dilemma. I said, okay, well, here's my here's here's what I got going on with the military. Um, they're looking at kicking me out if I don't get the vaccination. But if I can have a medical exemption provided a, a letter from you, could you do that for me? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did all my paperwork, submitted it all, basically saying, at this time and point, we'd like to hold off on the vaccination until further tests and evaluations are done. Nothing serious, but we'd like to hold off right now. There's a little bit more information on the on the letter that was provided. <clears throat> so I submitted that paperwork, and uh, within a week, came back, denied so the benefit on my end was the end of my contract was coming to a near, uh, the end of January. And I said, okay, well, cool. I'll just, I'll get out part ways for right now. Uh, thing that scared me the most is that December 29th was the deadline, right? And when they started talking, oh, December 29th, if you're not vaccinated by then, you're going to get processed out. <clears throat> um, and what, what the what the process, out how, how it was going to go about, nobody really knew. There was no, like, they just said you're going to get kicked out. You're going to get an other than honorable discharge. That's all I was going to ask. Was it going to be dishonorable <clears throat> or was it going to be uh, <clears throat> something else? Yeah, it, it was just, it was different in all all aspects. It, it was just... Uh, there was a lot of play in all of it. And um, fortunately for me, um, because I was getting out and because the command was willing to work with me, and uh, I got I to gotta say, if those guys are listening, the whole command was just awesome about the whole process on my behalf. But 
basically, hey, I'm out at the end of this month. Is this going to be a process that is prolonged? Or am I going to be able to get out with my full benefits? And basically looking into all of it, it worked out good for me. Hey, this is your contract. We'll just, we'll go that route. All right. So got out clean slate. All right. But I want to dive in on that, on a decision that not only myself, but other service members had to make. And they didn't, wasn't, it wasn't fortunate for them. That they were going to get out. That they were getting out right. around the same time it was mandated. Some of them were just coming in. Let's go ahead. Let's dive into it. <clears throat> All right. So you heard a little bit about what I just talked about, about getting out. And the timing couldn't be any better. I don't want to brag about it. I'm not here to brag about it. Um, cause I feel bad for the guys that came in wanting to serve their country and now we're stuck. Now they're stuck in making a tough decision. <clears throat> right. And I'm going to play devil's advocate on it. Right. And there are some veterans out there that'll feel the same. There's also some veterans and service members that have their opinion about it. And I support all the opinions, right? When you join the military, you sign a contract, you volunteer. You're property of the government now. You will do everything they say. You will get every shot that they give you in boot camp. That's just, that's just how it goes, all right? If I had a year, two years left on my contract and they said you're going to get the, the shot, I'd be getting the shot. I, like I said, I was fortunate in everything that happened. Uh, if I had never taken a break in service, uh, today, uh, or sorry, uh, the end of this month will put me at 12 years in the Navy. I would have got the shot. All right. Uh, so how much, how much total time did you have? Eight years now. Okay. So once you hit your 10 year mark, it's kind of like, man, I only got 10 years left, you know, like, (laughs) and don't get me wrong. Like the reserves are a little different. Um, I don't, when I retire, I don't get that retirement right when I retire. I got to wait until I'm like 63, 64, something like that. Um, but yeah, I, there was just a lot of factors that went into my decision. And at this time, I just, I'm going to listen to my provider right now. I'm not going to listen to a Navy officer, whether it was an allergy specialist or not. <coughs> Um, jump back. I just yeah, go ahead. Just so be so people can be clear. Um, and I know this isn't this isn't pertinent to anything that we're talking about this second, but just say. And I know we're not diving into it deep, but uh, just tell us what the comfort was. Um, I know obviously um, what the comfort was, but what that mission was as um someone in the Navy. Um. Some people don't even like wouldn't even be able to put two and two together. Just like what we were going up there for, or what? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so the the UNS USNS Comfort is a hospital ship, has uh, the capabilities. It's it's basically a sea hospital. All right, um, our mission on let's say a total of four day notice. 
And I'm talking about I had probably less than 48 hours to give um, an answer. An answer that hey, I'll go. Uh, then another 24 hours after that to get down, get all my paperwork in order, in order, funding and whatnot to get me down to Norfolk, Virginia, and then within 72 hours from reporting, we were on our way up to New York. And what our mission was, I say this loud and clear, our mission was to go relieve the stress off the hospitals. In? In New York. In New York. We weren't going there to cure COVID. (laughs) No. (laughs) Like I said, we had 72 hours to make that ship functional to get up there. We had 1,200 people on board. And I think we were only supposed to leave with a thousand. So we went up there over man. All right. But like I said, we went up there to go assist the hospitals. Right. Okay. I'll leave it at that. I just wanted, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to clarify that for people um, who know the name of it. And we will, like I said, hopefully in the future we get somebody um, to come on the show um, and talk with me about it. Cause it, it was, it changed my whole perspective on the reserves and a lot of active duty personnel know what I'm talking about because nobody likes a reservist that's on active duty. And I have completely changed my opinion and my Flip view on, on the it. reserve side. And I'm, I'm only talking from a corpsman aspect um, and the corpsman's and all medical uh, MOSs within the, military on the reserve side would know what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, that's that. We'll leave it there to jump back to accountability and ownership. There's going to be guys getting out of the military. Uh, they're going to be getting separated, admin separated other than honorable discharge, which means they're not going to get their GI bill. They're not going to get those benefits that most people get when they get out of the service. I feel bad. In the, in the aspect of it was just a tough decision that I respect because nobody nobody wants to leave the service on bad terms. And in the future, you know, what if they want to come back in? Yeah. Now they got that on their record, and it's going to be hard to get back in. Especially for some, like, not saying that COVID's small, but especially for something in the military that's so small, like, I don't want to do this, or I don't, I don't actually want to. It's not like you're saying, like, no, I don't want to go fight for this country. It's it, it's saying I don't want this vaccine. And, yeah. you know, I, I know there's pros and cons and there's people who are for it, against it. It's yeah. fine. And that that's your personal opinion. But yeah. that's what it should fall down to is your personal opinion and what you want to do. And that's that's I mean, that's the military there. You don't you don't you don't have an opinion. Right. They own you. They tell you what you do. They tell you where you need to be. And you better be there. You better get the the, the stuff done that you need done. No questions asked. Like I said, it was just very fortunate for me that the timing couldn't be any better. And if I had to come to a decision to say, hey, do I really want to, other than honorable discharge, I probably would have got the shot. I hate, I hate to say that, but it is what it is. But to talk on the accountability and ownership, all right? Because I feel like there's going to be a lot of guys and girls that get out and they're going to be lost. Uh, some of them are going to be young. Some of them are going to be older. And they're not going to have the skill sets to be able to walk into a job 
and get the money that they were getting that they were in the military for the full for the senior enlisted guys right uh <clears throat> that get out trying to make the money that they were making while they were in because some of the jobs they don't some of those those um skill sets don't transfer over to the civilian sector it doesn't matter if you were uh a chief or um what you were in charge of oh mm-hmm. you got to move some aircraft oh you got to move move bombs over to this area or you were in charge of manning a 50 cal like mm-hmm. that stuff's not it it doesn't do anything for you it <laughs> does give you the in the aspect of stress management a little bit of leadership skills when it comes to a resume that looks cool but all they really see is he was in the military that's mm-hmm. good that's good Sir, I'm, you're applying for Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> I was moving bombs and planes. Yeah, but I mean, there's just there's some things that we we do in the military, and we think that uh, we should be recognized for it. And I'm more qualified than this person who went to school for four years and uh, built a robot and this and that. But did you know that I have my uh, air warfare pin? Like nobody knows what an air warfare pin is, and it's at the end of the day, it's. It's it's chest candy and it's good for a resume and it's good for promotable purposes in the military. If that to get back again, I've never heard it called chest candy. Yeah. <laughs> so we made the decision, and we need to be accountable for it. And you need to remember that we need to take ownership of that decision and not forget that we decided that ourselves. So when you get out, you make the most of that decision and you do good by that decision. I feel like even just finishing out your contract on good terms and getting out honorably, there are some people that get out and don't do anything with themselves and sit back and wait for things to be handed to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I don't know how things would have been for me had I not had a family, but I got out with, the 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 motivation of my kids like i i have i have to be doing something mm-hmm. and that's that, that comes with being in the military is like you you always have to be moving you always have to be moving forward in your career and when i got out i had a job lined up with a manufacturing company as an apprentice uh, for their engineering program. They were sending me to school and I was working full time. I was going to school full time. You know, I, I was taking, that. yeah, trying to get my volunteer hours with mm-hmm. the fire department in the little time that I had available to go up there and get training. And then being a full time dad, being a full time husband. Like, I, I don't, I don't try to brag about that. I never try to use that and hold that over other people that, oh, if I could do it, you could do it. Like, I know everybody's situation is different. Right. And my motivation was my kid. Like, that was my why, right? Like, hey, this sucks, but I have to do it. Like, there's no, there's no option. It got to a point where I did become a little miserable at this job. I didn't like working in a factory. I wanted to be out in the sun. <clears throat> it was there for a while. Yeah. Um, but it took... Me coming home with a six pa- six pack of beer, sitting at the edge of my couch with all six beers on the armrest, watching TV, and my wife coming in through the door and looks at me. He's like, "Really?" <laughs> and you know her like she she probably 
cracks open a beer more often than I do. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And she looked at me and was like, really? Like, she knew who I was. She knew I wasn't that type of person to just come home and just drink a whole six-pack to myself. But I knew right then and there, like, damn, she just called me out of my shit. Like, you're right. I do need to do something. I'm not happy. I'm miserable. I can't stay this way for my family. So I ended up quitting that job and got on with a fire department as a intern making what they gave me $3,000 for the year to go to school. I took advantage of my GI bill, went to school on that applied for grants and used all that money to survive in between semesters. All right. Um, in the meantime, I ended up applying for the department that I work with now and I made it my duty that, Hey, no, if I'm, if I'm going to quit my job, the one job that provides for my family, I'm going all in and I'm, gonna make this shit happen yeah no it was stressful for you <clears throat> i remember the entire process we talked uh, I, don't, I don't know a couple times a week and you were saying like you know there's this and there's this and there's this but you never you never bat an eye when it came to a like one of those little challenges like whatever it might have been it could have been something small or something big that time but you didn't bat an eye at it at all so that was the coolest part yeah um i appreciate you noticing that man because it's I don't, I don't ever want the recognition. I don't ever feel like I need the recognition. Right. But like five years later, you're you're reminding me. And I'm looking back and I'm like, shit. Yeah, that was hard. I would never wish that upon anybody to go the route that I – and I always seem to find that. I, I grew up having to figure out things the hard way. And I think that's what's made me become the person I am. And to be able to say this shit really isn't that hard. It could always be worse. The department I'm at now, I just – I you know – Every department has their flaws. There's always something wrong going on in a department. Right. Whether it's the personnel, a new policy, uh, whatever it may be. But I've never shown up to work or woke up saying, oh, shit, I got to go to work today. That fucking sucks. No. That's 24 hours with the boys or, or possibly, uh, well, a girl at the time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Love, I miss my partner so much. Um, but... I never didn't look forward to going to work. And any any time people would complain about whatever's going on, policy or or personnel or leadership or morale, this, I'm like, man, I, I never said anything to them. But in my head, I'm just like, no, dude, shit could be a lot worse. Yeah, a lot like, worse. Being on a ship. But like, like I was saying is that I, I got out and I had I had to make something happen for myself. You know, at the time my wife, she was a stay at home mom babysitting. And I, I couldn't imagine coming home and just being the dad and father or husband that came home and just did nothing. Like I had dreams that I needed to go chase after. I'm not from Kentucky. I had to make the, where are you? from? <laughs> I had to make the best of my decision to stay in Kentucky, uh, instead of going back West. Mm -hmm. And, what would I be like? Oh, well, this isn't this isn't California. I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to be a firefighter out in Kentucky. That would be typical, though. Right, right. But that's that. The, there's all these decisions that you make as an individual, and if you want to make things happen for yourself, you have to. Only you are going to make things happen for yourself. Motivation from you isn't going to help me. Don't get me wrong; it'll be helpful. The people that that 
are out, you know, were always around when we were training and whatnot. You know, the, yeah, those guys are motivating in the aspect of man, like, oh man, I want to be that guy. You know, we had we had some great instructors at the department we met at. You know, a lot of history from a good department in Northern Kentucky, mm-hmm. and those you look at those guys and like, those are the real deal. Like I, that's 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 what inspires me. But those guys aren't going to hold my hand and take me to go do this and go do that to become a better firefighter and whatnot. And I tell this to everybody, the department I work with, you don't have to be a special person in any way, shape, or form. The only difference between myself and the person that isn't on the department that I work for. (laughs) Yeah, the drive is pretty long, but (laughs) it's worth it. The only difference between myself and that person is that I put in an application. And what they wanted me to do, the the CPAT, <clears throat> the um, interview process, the polygraph, like, yeah, that stuff all sucks. But guess what? You have to do those kind of things to get on with an established department, <clears throat> any department. Well, and they're so, they're so established that <gasps> <clears throat> we'd even talked about this when you were applying. And I was telling somebody else who wanted to apply there, um, but they're so established that it almost seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost seems like they do so. Every step is a process to see where you don't follow instructions. It almost seems like it's it's almost a military aspect, in in my opinion. Like they start you with step one, you get through step one, you fill out an application, you turn it in, here it is. Step two is you do this and you do this. We're not doing it for you, so you have to go through all these steps before you even go or get hired or get accepted into the Academy. So I I always thought their process was long and it might be a little extra, but you know, it's still a great idea because you weed out what you don't want. You weed out the people who don't actually want what you guys were going for when you applied for the job. 100% accurate. Um, Yeah. I think the, the whole process is, to weed out the people that don't really want it. The people that really want it are going to go through the process. Part two, are these individuals following instructions and turning in all the proper paperwork filled out correctly? That's, that's the process. I mean, when I, when I applied 1600 people tested and out of that whole two year process, only 60 something made it through the Academy between two classes. Yeah. So it's 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 all about who's gonna who's gonna follow through with the, the process and are you gonna be willing to go back and do the academy portion? Hey, academy's different, whole different whole different story. Um but they, they have a process and they and they're good at it. They want they want good individuals. They don't care about your background. They don't care that you have this certificate or that certificate. No, they want to see that you can be trained. They okay, having those certificates and having the experience, good on you. It, the academy is going to be easier on you. Now we want to see if you can be trainable. Can you learn our our way? ways? Right. <clears throat> so it was it was a long process, and every you know it, it even like I said, I needed to make the decisions for myself to know, hey, wh- whatever I got to do to get through this for my family. All right. That means six months. I was living with one of my classmates. Thank God he was willing to. Hey, dude, you can come stay with me. That's a long drive. 
And every night we were studying back and forth. There, there was nothing other than the academy that we would talk about. Nothing. I mean, shit, the guy didn't even have a freaking beer in his fridge. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> well, he's <laughs> ready. We were 100% ready. focused. Yeah. And I had to find other things that helped keep me in focus. I was listening to Jocko. I was listening to Joe Rogan. I was listening to David Goggins. You know, like that helped me to stay focused. They didn't get me through the academy. They didn't get me through the hard times of not coming home to my family. I was better prepared for that because um, my family stayed in Kentucky while I was stationed in Virginia. I was already trained in that aspect. So that's, that's another upper hand that us veterans have is that we can deal with the separation. We can deal with the, the stress of being away from the family. We can deal with the stress of the having to overcome obstacles. Well, let's jump back to the obstacle we were talking about too. <clears throat> what are these guys? What do you see happening with, I mean, uh, up to date, like today's the 11th of January. As of yesterday, some things have changed. What, what do you see with these guys in the future in the military or even fire departments, police, hospitals, a lot of different career fields that, um, you know, we all kind of roll together. But what do you see happening with these mandatory vaccinations? Um, and and I'll for talk- whoever is listening, we do want to clarify, you know, your opinion is your opinion. <clears throat> your body's your body. But we're just kind of going off, you know, what's going on and why or how we feel about it and Everybody's entitled their opinion, but we're just yeah. kind of saying, like, like Ryan said, you know, it, it it came at a great time for him to leave the military and not have to get it because he doesn't want to get it or whatever it might be. But all in all, like, how do you feel about all this going mm-hmm. on? I'll and, talk on the behalf of I'll, I'll talk on on the military side uh, because I'm going through that. And then I'll kind of touch on the on the on the fire department because um, we were seeing fire departments having to deal with the mandate. Uh, luckily, my department hasn't put out anything that's saying they're going to mandate it. Um, but on on the blue side and in the hospitals, like hopefully we can get a guest on and talk about it. But to go back to the military, um, what I see happening. Um, it's, it's a little too early to say much about it. All I hope for is that for those that are getting out on your decision and whatever discharge you're getting, don't let your decision be your excuse of why you can't make something of yourself. The military is good at creating entrepreneurs. I mean, you look around, you put a a flag on something, you put guns on something, you say pew, pew, anything (laughs) military, you're, you're, (laughs) you can, and I'm not, I'm not bashing them. Like those guys are smart. They found a market and they're doing it. And then guess what? Those guys are making, making something of themselves. And a lot of those guys are good advocates for mental health, suicide awareness. You talk to any of those guys. I mean, they made their decision. You know what they were tired of is having 50 million fucking bosses 
from the military. Yeah. Like you, you can't just say, Hey, I'm, I'm good with my boss. I'm going to go talk to him and see what he can do. Oh, well, I hear what you're saying and I agree with you 100%, but I got to go talk to my boss. Okay. Hey, what'd your boss say? He said he has to go talk to his boss. Okay. Will you follow up on him? Oh yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, do you, uh, he's lost in translation. Yeah. yeah. Everything's all, you know, and then it's telephone game. Yeah. So with, with the military, don't use that as your excuse to not make something of yourself. Don't get out and be like, well, the military fucked me. And no, no, no. You made the decision. You stuck by your decision. And we're going to respect that. I respect that. Right. Uh, yeah, I would have done things a little different had I had, had more time on my contract. Had I had been in 12 years, I would have got the vaccination. My opinion is... I'm, it's, I have nothing against the vaccination, but I have a problem with the mandate. And with how things are going, yeah, I, I, I do a little bit of reading. It makes me a little nervous. I had a little bit of a little scare. And with that scare, fell under the category of little issues that came with the vaccination. And I said, hey, let's hold on a little bit. My doctor agreed. Hey, let's hold off a little bit until we find out a little bit more about it, what's going on. I don't think I need to be pressured. And I definitely... I'm not going to listen to somebody civilian or, or not just get, just get the vaccination. Just get it over with that right there. Scares you even worse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like I don't want to be around you. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But like I said, like we all have our own opinions and there's nothing wrong. There's no, there's no wrong opinion. The only opinion that there's, well, right now there's no wrong and there's no right. Right. Exactly. Because you know, the worst people in this entire thing are, I did my own independent research. Okay, I don't want to hear anymore. I'm, I'm just done with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, I did my own independent research. That's fine. Show me facts. And no one, no one can do that. No one can do that. So that's why <gasps> I, I'm just like, you know, and I get it. Like, I understand, like, my father had, he's a cancer patient, uh, third time and he got his vaccination and he brings it up to me all the time. Like, Hey, are, are you planning to go do this? No, no, I'm not, not, not at this time at least, <clears throat> but with, with chemo and every, and everything he's gone through radiation. Um, he says, he's like, I did it because my immune system is completely shot with everything that he's gone through in the last, I don't know, couple of years. I mean, it's been at least three years. Um, I mean, his immune system shot. So I get it. Like, if you think, and in your mind it says to you, like, this is going to be best for me, fine. But in the end, it's your opinion. But just like you said, don't use it as a as an excuse. Don't use it as a blanket. Like, no, this is I'm doing this because this is how I feel, and that's my personal preference. You know, like some yeah. some people are like. You have to get it now because I'm a Facebook doctor and I, I read this from a face like like fuck off like yeah. I'm done with that I'm so sick of that and then like the people who put the same things on Facebook about it but you know like Ryan said don't use it as an excuse if for some reason you leave your your company or your company looks down on you because of something of not getting the vaccine or it's mandated now that you have to get it at your company and you leave that company or you get fired purposely from that company for other means, you can't use an excuse. You have to move on. It's your life because 
it's just like the saying they, you know, if you were working for a company and you died, that job's going to be posted online before your obituary. Mm-hmm. So you lead your own life with something like that. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> there's just a lot of, there's a lot of vets who get out and they're like, man, fuck the military. Fuck the, they, they fucked me, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I, I definitely believe you find people that are like that. I guarantee they're the same way they were in the military. There's always an excuse, right? And it, <clears throat> that that goes that goes for anybody and everybody. Shoot, people may have that opinion about me when I was on active duty. You know, I didn't get along with everybody. I nice. did my I did my job fine. As a matter of fact, to talk about the relationships within the in the military, you you, you can have somebody you just cannot stand you cannot work with you know they got some chip on their shoulder and they got a problem with you right and i had that with somebody it got to a point where it about got physical you know and one day you know we're making a move on an aircraft and we had a good move and he was he was a supervisor of the move and i don't want to dive into what exactly i'm doing i'm moving aircraft with inside a carrier not on the flight deck inside the carrier and um, it was it was a tough movie. It was crowded, uh, and you know he came by and he's hey good shit. You know, after that, like we were cool. It, our personal relationships have nothing to do with the job that needs to get done, and that's right. what everybody in the military is good at doing. And that falls into the fire department. That should fall into working with the police department. That should work in or fall in with. Uh, <clears throat> working at the hospitals like the mission is priority right whatever our differences are that's that's our responsibility to put that aside and focus on what's important and that goes back to what i'm saying whatever your decision is why you got out don't let that be your excuse of why you're not getting shit done in your own life because it's not an excuse right it's not and it's it's on you to make things happen. And if you sit back and say, oh, the Navy fucked me or the military fucked me because they wanted me to get the vaccine. I said, fuck the vaccine. Um, you know, whatever my whatever your opinion is. But let, don't let that opinion control your your success. Right. And I just pray, I hope that those that are getting out on those terms don't think that your discharge is going to be the deciding factor of the rest of your your life. life. Right. And there's plenty of things that you can do for yourself to be successful. Read books, educate yourself. I'm I'm not saying read a book and that's it. You need to find what's going to work for you. I was going to get away with one (laughs) book. Yeah. Captain, Captain (laughs) underpants isn't going to be good enough, but it's SpongeBob. All right. (laughs) Um, but like I said, you need to go out and make something for yourself. And don't let this decision, this event, be what holds you back. There's a lot of people that weren't successful in the military and got kicked out, got out, and made something of themselves. Well, I mean, take Guff for a perfect example. He didn't get kicked out of the military, but Guff... 
got out of the military and had the hardest time. Um, like he said, you know, he was combating suicide in himself. And what did he do? He developed, he, he came up with his own nonprofit and it moved, it moved to other aspects. He, he did a jujitsu gym. Um, he did a little podcast for a minute there, but you, you know, he, he set the precedent for what he wanted to do and he didn't stop. I guarantee he was met with divides when he went to, um, the hospitals and everything like this. And, you know, he was trying to figure out, Hey, what can I do next or whatever? But, you know, he was met with, you know, rejection and all this. And now he look at him like he, he's doing awesome now. And he's driving down to Kentucky just to help people, you know, in their time of need. It's not benefiting him at all. Yeah. He utilized his experiences and put that ahead of himself to find a solution for other people that are experiencing things that he's experienced himself. And he goes and talks to other people. Like you said, he uh, started a warrior hall where you can go. It had a little bit, a small library. It had a corner with a gym in it. It had mats for his jujitsu program. And he was getting uh, black belt practitioners to come down and run a seminar. And I've been to a couple of them. They were fun. They were good. And the people around you are great people, man. Like the veteran community is so close knit, you know, and to go back to that, the mission that <clears throat> I went on in New York, there wasn't anybody I knew like other than the people that I like from my unit went down there. Uh, none of us were in the same department. We were spread out, but within 72 hours, we were having to formulate a plan of how we were going to operate and all these moving parts. I mean, one of my good friends, she developed a, a working plan and I'm, and I'm overnight. She stayed up for 24 hours straight, formulating a plan, a schedule, who's going to be where, who's going to be responsible for what. And she did a damn good job, you know, and we, we became good friends. The people that I worked with, we became good friends. It's just a close knit community. And if that's what you need to keep yourself motivated when you get out, go get yourself involved with a community like that. Your, your success is going to be based around the people that you surround yourself with. And you're not going to be successful if you surround yourself around people that are just bitching and making excuses about the military screwed me and this and that. And if you catch yourself alone, it's probably because you're that negative person. It's you know? quality, not quantity. So <clears throat> you have those, you have those tight people that you're always there with. And, you know, those people always back you up, whether they're military or civilian or not, it does, it does not matter. Yeah. But back to what we're saying, you know, you can't blame your own failures on anybody else. If, if, if it's not something that you didn't try and do yourself, you, it's time to wake up. Like, yeah, you know, I hate to say like the people that, you know, are really less fortunate than us, like living in a box, living in a shelter, living in under a a bridge or something like that. And I know that there's kids that can't handle that or they have no justification over that. But the people who need to like 
step up for them is who was there when, you know, they were born. Who who are those people? That's where you said you took accountability. You said to yourself, like, I don't like what I'm doing now. And I remember you texting me all the time. Like, I fucking hate this. Like, this is fucking terrible. And then you made the move. Yeah, it took it took a while once you left your old job, but you still pressed on and said, well, if I'm going to do better for myself, I'm going to do it for myself. No one, like no one helped you. Like, yeah, we had people like I talked to you. I'm, I'm sure you talked to other people about it, but you pushed yourself into that. So to, to talk about like the people who want to use, oh, the military fucked me or the fire department fucked me or the police department fucked me, whatever. And say, this is what they forced me to do. If you don't move on from that, then that's all you're going to live by. You're going to live by everybody else fucked me except myself. And uh, uh, accountability is where it lands. Accountability and ownership. You know? I mean. And um, <clears throat> and that, that, that goes for anybody. Like you said, civilian, fire, police, nurses. Um, you have to make shit happen for yourself. And the only person that's going to do it is you. Not, not. oh, I'm going to listen to one hour of motivational videos on on Facebook of all these clips from different movies. Those are fucking movies. Like, yeah, they have a good, they have a, a good point. Go put it to work. Don't sw- sit and dwell on the past. Don't sit and dwell on your decisions. Get out there fucking make shit happen be proud of everything that you've gone through be proud of your decision be proud that you decided nobody else decided you did and be proud of that that's a big step that's a a big step for yourself don't ever let anybody downplay you it's an acceptance like the first step acceptance of your decisions yeah once you accept it yeah uh, but, you know, and um, don't let whatever discharge you may get dictate who you are. And if if any civilian tries to shit on you for whatever kind of discharge, that's that's between you. You don't need to tell anybody about that shit. I understand you, you will have to, you know, put on a resume. I was in the military, but I got out. You actually don't even have to put on a resume that you were in the military. Yeah. Uh, it, you don't, but if you do, you decide you do and you have to explain that in your interview, take ownership of what your decision was based off. And if, uh, I feel bad, I, you know, not emotional or anything like that. I just... I worry about the people that are going to get out, the younger ones, the ones that really haven't had true life experience. And this is the toughest decision that they, they've had to deal with. And, uh, yeah, some are like 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Have no fucking idea what they're doing. This is, there's going to (coughs) be one. It could be a benefiting factor that they're young and they're too immature to understand because we were 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, still immature. 
shit, I'm 32 and I still feel immature. <laughs> I'm stuck in some little... <laughs> I still laugh at the dumbest stuff. Some of my jokes. Yolkswagen. <laughs> Yolkswagen. <laughs> yeah, I did call you for that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, the funny thing, the funniest part about that is, I started looking up like bad dad jokes. <laughs> Tell me that was number one. <laughs> no, there's this guy that. <laughs> Hold on, before we get into that, before we, let's stay on track. Okay, I was trying to lighten me, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, yeah, it could be, it could be a, a benefit factor that, Hey, maybe they just don't understand that what could come with this. Then there are some people that don't know how to handle their emotions. And the, the fact that, um, to go back to what I was saying about how I was unhappy with my service time when I was on active duty, I didn't feel like I accomplished anything. I did, I did looking back on I day. I did a lot more than most 24 year, 25 year olds at the time did. I've had a lot of experience, a lot of uh, <clears throat> time away from the family, deployments, being overseas and in in traveling. Um, but I know there's there's some people that had a hard time comprehending and adjusting to that lifestyle of being away from their family. Um, not only just eighteen year olds, but even elder, you know, thirty year olds, even in boot camp, they. I can't. I can't handle being away from my wife. I can't handle being away from my kids. I understood. Now I understand that having my own kids. Mm-hmm. When I went to school, when I went up to New York, and to go back to New York, there was no end date. The whole purpose of this episode, like I said, was based off accountability and ownership on your decisions, and everything that we've talked about are just things that you come across being in the service, and us being veterans know that we have to adapt to our environments and the changes that come with those environments. And this is no different than anything you've experienced while you've been in having to adapt to it, right? You made the decision and good for you. You made a decision, your own personal decision. You stood up as an adult and made your decision for yourself and said, my, my beliefs on this is more important than what the military is going to decide for me. And there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. Some people will, will will say otherwise. Be ready for that. And I don't have anything to say about what your decision is. If that's your decision, that's your decision. And that's something you're going to live with. All I care about is that you don't let this hang over you and run your life. You and know? do the... You, you, the one thing I hate... And, you know, we've all been hit with bad shit over the years. It, it, it happens. It's part of life. But the poor me, poor me thing, not into it. Nope. I mean, it, if you, instead of saying poor me, help me do this, this, that, and the other, how about say, what can I do? Or how can I do this? Like, I hate the poor me thing. Like, I, I, I've never been that person, I, you know, where I'm harping on. And I wasn't in the military. I I wasn't in any branch or anything like that. So I, I have no say on that part. But I'll never do the, oh, poor me, please help me out of this situation. I, if things get rough, you know, I, I pick things back up and I fix them for myself. I don't ask for handouts, never have, never will. <laughs> Fucking I hope not. <laughs> but um, 
no, yeah, the poor me thing, like focus on me. And it, it comes down again to social media, the social media thing of saying, oh, well, this is what happened. Uh, please say your prayers for me. And I get that. Like if it's some major, like your family or whatever, and you want people thinking about you, that's fine. But don't do the whole poor me thing where, you know, everything is everybody else's fault but my own. Like you said, take about accountability and say to yourself, this isn't what I want and this is how I want to step up. This is what I want to do. This is my end goal. And then go for that and start there. It, you start at step one. You can't jump from frontline cashier to CEO in a week at any job. You can't jump from small time guy to head honcho in a week. It's not going to happen. You, you have to take one step at a time. And if you can't see that first step and you can only see that last step, you're going to miss everything in between. And whether that's learning or whatever, it, it, it's just something that you have to say to yourself that this is what I want. And that's, this is how I'm going to achieve it. I'm going to take it step by step and go from there. I just opened up. I just pulled up my phone and, and Facebook and, uh, first post I read, uh, people who don't have goals work for people who do. Don't be, don't be that person. Figure out what your goals are and go after them. That's, that's where I found myself when I first got out and, um, you know, being in the fire service, you're, you're around type a person for the most part, type a personalities, people. That's, I mean, that's what I love about, that's what I love about the job the most is that you're around people who went through the, the academy, <clears throat> know what you've been through, um, all have the same desire and the, and the goals as you most part, right? Most part. And there's a lot of people like you that surround you that are on the truck with you. And that's what makes showing up to work an enjoyment. Right. And that's the same thing you need to do when you get out. It's a decision you make. Figure out what it is that you want to do, what, what it is that you want to progress in your life. Surround yourself with those people. Okay? Make friends. Network. You're going to find yourself very successful if you f- surround yourself with the people you want to become. I'm not saying oh, I want to be like Keith or I want to be like Ryan. The things, <coughs> sorry, the things that we we're doing for ourselves may be something that you're interested in doing. Mm-hmm. And hey, hey Ryan, hey Keith, how, how did you get there? <laughs> you got some time to talk because I got a whole <laughs> whole story to tell you. Ever heard the first three episodes? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I do I do want to apologize. I, I, I want to apologize in the aspect of, one, I broke up the first episode into three parts. I guess there were some people that were pretty upset. Like, it just stopped. It just cut off. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I'm new to editing, and I don't have a closing <laughs> intro for every episode. <laughs> but 
Um, yeah, for the people that said, hey, just run a full episode. Yeah, I'll listen to a three-hour podcast. I hope that we don't have three-hour podcasts. I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not Jocko Willing. I'm none of those people. I just, I do want, when we do have a guest, I do want them to get everything that they have to say out and recorded. Um, because I do hope that the, the, the individuals that we do bring on have a lot to say, have a lot of experience and expose you guys to that so that you can either a relate to what they're saying or be ready for you possibly dealing with the things that they've experienced. And that's, that's the, the biggest thing I've always felt that I've had is I've had a toolbox of people who've shared their experience with me that I've been able to sit back and say, Hey, I remember when that, when that, when that person experienced this and this is what they did. And it goes back to what this podcast is about, man. Like we don't, we don't have those, those us, our generation. We don't have the, Hey man, um, what did you, how did you deal with this? When you, when you first experienced this, you want to know what we're finding out is that these guys are committing suicide based off of a, they get out, they, they retire and now they feel like they don't have anything. B, uh, all this stuff that I've ever seen in my career time, I'm sitting back and I have nothing to do. And all I'm thinking about is it are all the things that I've seen. And now we're learning, we're finding out the hard way, you know, they're not here with us anymore. And we're finding out from family members or friends that, Hey, they talked about this. This is the things that they said they, they dealt with. And we didn't think about it. They always seemed okay. They never really talked about it. Now we're doing this podcast and we're wanting to share people's stories, things that they've experienced. And that's what, for this episode, this is my experience I'm trying to share with you My when I first got off active duty and how I dealt with things. Now I'm one of those individuals that ended up getting out of the service again based off my decision. And it was fortunate enough that it was around the right time with my contract coming to an end. But I'm more worried about the guys that were stuck in the middle of their contract, the young guys. Some of the older guys that are going to get out and not have any idea what they were planning on doing. I plan on retiring, but now I'm not. I plan on doing 20 years. I only did two. You know? And I just, I want them to be ready for things that they might come across. Like, I had no plan. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Like I said, the whole, other than honorable discharge, they don't get their GI Bill anymore. So they don't get to go to school free. That's not going to stop them from looking up grants. It shouldn't. Looking up scholarships. There's no excuse. Oh, I don't get my GI Bill. Okay. You know you can go find a scholarship for being left-handed? Do you know you can find a scholarship for having two different colored eyes? Do you know you can find a scholarship for being a minority? You have to take the time to go look for these the stuff. Yeah, you, you're not fortunate enough. Keith. <laughs> 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 but don't let your decision be your excuse of why things aren't happening for yourself it's only on you with that being said we appreciate you guys listening check out our uh, Instagram at the debrief table podcast <clears throat> go listen to us on Spotify Apple podcast thanks everybody for listening 